All right. Good morning, River Valley. How y'all doing this morning? For those of you that don't know, uh, my name is Jared. I don't think I properly introduced myself the last time I was up here. Um, so I am up here now because my predecessor moved away to Texas, so I took her spot. <laughs> so today I'll be reading out of uh, Psalms 36. And forgive me, I told them King James, but I'm going to read out of the New Living because that one spoke to me more. So it says, Psalms th chapter 36, it says, Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they truly are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your, un your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter within the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from the river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the don't let the proud trample me or the wicked push me around. Look, those who do evil have fallen. They are thrown down, never to rise again. So that portion of scripture really spoke to me because, of course, as most of you know, this past uh, summer, I broke my foot. It was actually the day Rick McFarland was here at the end of May. So that's how I remember and for the next two months, I was in a boot. It was a small fracture. It wasn't a complete break or anything like that. But, of course, I had a bad attitude. Like, oh, I broke my foot. And, of course, it was out of my own stupidity. Of course, don't ever work out barefoot. Learn that lesson the hard way. But during that time, the first two weeks, it was really painful, you know. And I was like, oh, God, why do I have to go through this pain? And then a month in at church camp, actually, we had... Of course, a time where we'd break away and read the word. And this scripture that I read here is what spoke out to me um, the most. It says, for you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. And like the Holy Spirit said like to you, Jared, I am the fountain of life. You know, pain is something that, of course, we all will go through in our lives. But, you know, I, I had faith in that moment that I will be healed. And within a month later, I was out of the boot perfectly fine no pain at all within my foot so that's all that matters so God is a good God and you know we tend to complain when something bad happens to us but you know it could be worse I mean every day I mean you got a beating heart a functioning brain breath within your lungs so I would just say take time to appreciate what should be most thanked for in your life because it could be worse on any any day it could be worse you know why am i going through this pain or heartbreak but just put your faith in god because he's a good god and just trust in him and everything will be all right amen all right heavenly father lord we thank you for this day we thank you lord that you give us breath within our lungs life in our bodies and thank you lord jesus for dying on the cross and taking that punishment that was set before us so we could have eternal life with you, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. 
Ezra. body of Christ I have called you this day attention attention army of God attention attention army of God line up line up line up attention ears be open eyes be open Hearts be open to receive what I have to say today. Attention, army of God. Well, good morning. Good morning. I have a few scriptures to share with you today for the offering message. And I will start with, look, I should have the scriptures up somewhere, I'm guessing. There you go. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. <clears throat> I like this scripture. It kind of reminds us of you know, just our connection with God and uh, what um, giving does to us, you know, on a daily basis. Um, however you give, whether it's giving it to church or giving it to charity um, or helping the poor. And I look at it from the perspective of God, you know, through God's eyes and God's lenses. He blesses us beyond what we are able to ask, think, or even imagine. You know, as we are considering our, um, our giving today, both tithe and offering, um, I just pray and I encourage you to give with your heart. You know, you know what's in your heart, what you want to give, how you want to give, um, and consider that as a blessing to not only the church, <clears throat> but also to um, the people who will be, you know, who will be re receiving this blessing. Um, the other scripture that I want to share with you is Second Corinthians, verse nine through ten. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. That's such a blessing. And we give God glory and praise for that. He gives us the seed. If you don't have a seed, it's okay to pray for one. And if you've never done that before, it's also again another opportunity for you to learn that yes, you can ask God for a seed. And he goes above and beyond what you're able to ask, think, or even imagine. So as we are giving, um, God loves a cheerful giver, right? And we give with our heart again, not because of what, um, what, you know, what, you're, what you're pulling out of your pocket, for example, you, know, you have like $20 or $50 or whatever it is that you have. 
you're giving it and you're giving it because you have chosen to do that. It's in your heart to do that. And we encourage you to do that. The other scripture that I'd like to share with you is John chapter 3 verse 16. One of my favorite verses. For God so loved, and some of you may even quote this with me if you want to. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Part of the reason why we give also is um, to reach out to those who do not know the Lord yet. We have an assignment from God. He said, go ye into the world. This is part of how we go ye into the world and support those, um, you know, those missions, those, those churches that uh, are going out into the world and preaching the gospel. That's our, that's our assignment, and we take it seriously. Part of it, again, is just from the giving part. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for this beautiful congregation. We thank you for the visitors that have come in today that may have not known this church yet. Uh, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor, Father, Lord God, as we are doing our offerings. I just want to thank you, Father, that you are a God of increase. You are a God of love. You are a God who goes above and beyond what we are able to ask of you, think, or even imagine, Father. We thank you, Father, for your provisions. We thank you for the health of people who are in this room right now. We thank you for those who are struggling uh, and or are dealing with health issues father we thank you for their for their uh, for their healing we just want to praise you lord because you are a good father you are a good father lord and um every plan and every thought that you have towards us is always good no matter what the enemy says and we father choose to walk in your presence we choose to walk with you we choose to receive your love for us. Uh, I pray for all of you that are here today, and I ask for God's grace and love um, in your heart today. Um, thank you for that, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so excited. Like last week I said, if you notice that I have a handheld mic, I'm not the one speaking today, but you're going to be very blessed that I'm not speaking today. We have a very special guest with us this morning, Barry Bennett. Uh, he is the senior instructor at Karis uh, Bible College in, in Woodland Park, Minnesota, yes. Woodland Park, Colorado. It's the other Woodland Park. Um, and uh, But we also, I noticed that we have a couple of other uh, guests with us this morning. I mean, there's many guests with us. Welcome. So glad you're here. If it's your first time guest with us, uh, please uh, go to the the information table and you get a free cup of coffee, which is, you know, it's, it's and it's the good, you know, it's the good stuff. So, uh, but that you get a, a, a card for that. But I want to introduce again, I mean, Joni has been here so much. She's almost a regular. Uh, jo- <laughs> go ahead and please stand, Joni. Jo- Joni Decker is uh, uh, the director of Karis uh, Minnesota in, in Ho- New Hope now, right? New Hope, uh, Minneapolis there. And, and she has been uh, the director for three years, I believe. It, this is your third year. And she is a blessing to the body of Christ, a blessing to the school, blessing to many, all the students, and, and, and a blessing to us. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here today. And then I also saw Ken snuck in. Ken, Ken Balma. Could you stand real quick, Ken? 
Ken and his wife were the, the former directors of Ucaris Bible School here in Minnesota, and they're the ones that got it started, uh, actually brought it to Minneapolis. So very glad you're here today, Ken. Good to, good to have you. And so uh, this is the first time I've ever uh, met uh, Barry Bennett, and, and, uh, and so you know, I don't know, know him personally, but I, I feel like I do because every day at least 10 to 15 people post his daily devotions on, on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, from our church that they, they I see Barry Bennett says something again and Barry Bennett you know it's just wonderful and so uh, what I love about his ministry is he takes some of the hardest questions in, in the Bible and makes them understandable and simple and, and that's that's the way God made it isn't it it's it's not it's not as hard as we think it is and I do want to just remind you that the the, the uh, uh, tongues and interpretation we had at the beginning said to be pay attention there's something to listen to today. Amen? So I encourage you to pay attention. Please give a warm welcome to Barry Bennett. Thank you so much. You're very kind. What a big group. Praise the Lord. This is great. That message in tongues actually was is my message. Uh, I'll, you'll understand more as I get into it here. But I, I just have to mention, first of all, I don't know who's in charge of the weather, but thank you. Uh, I've, uh, I've been here at other times of the year when uh, it wasn't such a blessing. <laughs> so anyway, and then I've got to say, I, I went to the men's room slash sports museum <laughs> and uh, spent about 20 minutes in there. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, wow, good grief. But I, I don't see any Dallas Cowboys stuff. Huh? <laughs> so I just lost some of you there. Okay. No worries. Praise God. Well, it is a privilege to be here. I appreciate uh, the invitation. And uh, just uh, it's an honor for me to get to share the Word of God. I'm going to have to do a full circle here just about, right, to see everybody. But uh, it's an honor for me to get to share the Word anywhere. And this is uh, really special. I uh, thank you for, for coming and for being here, and I hope you get blessed. I believe you will. I know I will. I always get blessed when I share, because it's the living Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Can we pray before we start? Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Hallelujah. We are blessed. We are so blessed, Father, and we thank you that we can gather together in this place with freedom to worship, to, to know you, to express our love to you, and to receive from you. And Father, we declare we will receive from you today. We thank you for that, Father. We will leave here increased. We will leave here more blessed and hopefully more in love with you as we leave today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I know probably there are some of you that have no clue who I am, and that's fine. I uh, had somebody introduce me recently, and they read a paragraph they took from, I think, my website or from the Karis website, and, and I thought, you know, that's kind of weird to have your whole life reduced to a paragraph, and, uh, <laughs> but I guess that summed it up anyway. Uh, I am a teacher at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado, not Minnesota, and I uh, have been there with Andrew for 15 years and uh, 15 and a half now, and, and just am super blessed to be with a part of that ministry and to get to teach. I teach many courses uh, throughout the school year, 
and get to do other things with Andrew and for Andrew. And so anyway, I am, uh, that's all you need to know. If it, anything else comes up, I'll tell you. All right. So I want to talk about, as the word uh, this morning from the, the lady, about pay attention. I think that was, praise God, that was good. Because that's what we're going to talk about. And I want to start in John 12. I'm using New King James. John 12, 27. And Jesus is just, he's just now announcing to his disciples. And there's a crowd of disciples around him. And he's talking about his coming passion, that he's going to be going through some stuff. And it says in John 12, 27. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And now we're getting to where I want to go. It says, then a voice came from heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. I saw this some time ago, and I thought, what? The voice came, he, Jesus says, for their sake, and they thought it was going to rain. Some thought, well, maybe it was an angel. What I'm getting from this is nobody understood what was said. And yet it came for them. And all of a sudden, this whole panorama of stuff opened up in my life, in my heart, in my mind. I thought, how many times has God tried to reach me, and I didn't hear it? And it wasn't because of God, it was because of me. This voice came from heaven. How many, uh, how many have ever said, now, you don't have to raise your hands, but be honest in your heart. I sure wish God would speak to me audibly. Maybe he has. And we are just too dull to hear it. These people were following Jesus, and he speaks from heaven, and it seems that most of them thought it was thunder. Somebody thought, that could have been an angel. That's kind of weird. That could have been an angel. But it doesn't appear that anybody heard what was said, and yet it came for them. And I started looking at my life, and I thought, how many times have I missed God? when he was trying to say something to me or reveal himself to me or do something for me, and I was not in tune with God. I was not paying attention. Amen? So this is, this is the gist of where we're going today. How many of you would like to know that you're hearing from God and it's not just thunder, that you, you want to hear what God has to say for you? Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing. Praise God. And so we need to have our spiritual ears in tune with the things of God. Uh, Matthew 13, 15. Matthew 13, 15 says, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. And we can use this verse in a lot of different areas, and I do, healing, obviously. But the point is, this people, he's talking about the Jews, and their hearts have grown. That's the, that's the beginning. The heart grows dull. 
They close, and as a result, they close their eyes, they close their ears, they don't, don't hear. Though he would want to heal them, they're not in a place where they can receive the word that would heal them. Doesn't Psalm 107.20 say he sent his word and healed them? And yet if your heart is closed and your ears are closed and your eyes are closed, you may miss what God wants to do. I know there are many questions about healing, and, and a lot of people say, why didn't God, God heal them and God didn't heal me? Why is that? Well, maybe they heard God and you didn't. But maybe he was talking to you and you weren't tuned in. I have to say, I have, I have to look back and realize there are times I have missed God. I have simply not heard him. Not because he wasn't speaking, not because the word isn't alive and active. It's because I was tuned in to something else. This, this message is going to hurt, okay? I'll just warn you because it, it kind of cut me too. When uh, I only teach what God is doing in my life, and this, this is something God was doing and still is doing, I don't want to miss what God has to say. It says in John 1, 10 and 11, John 1, 10 and 11, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Whoa, that the creator and sustainer of all things, Jesus, the word made flesh, came into his creation and they didn't know him. They didn't recognize him. It's like one time, this has happened many years ago, and Andrew doesn't even remember this. I, I, it was told to me um, that at a conference in the old days back at our old building in Colorado Springs, when I first was starting to work for the ministry, there was a conference and they don't open the doors until a certain hour. And so Andrew and Jamie walked up and there was a new security guard there that didn't know Andrew and would not let him in the building. He found himself unemployed. I don't know what happened, but anyway, it was, it was, it's, how could you not know the founder of the ministry, the one who's speaking, the one who's, everything revolves around Andrew, and you don't know him, but, and yet, many times, God is here, right now. And how many of us are sensitive to his presence? When I grew up, I grew up, a number, I, my dad was in the Air Force, we lived all over, and so part of that time we lived in Southern California, and I grew up, my junior high years, we'll say, in some high school, a little bit of grade school in uh, Southern California. And I was a competitive swimmer. And so we would be going to swim meets all the time. And so one swim meet, my mom took me to this one big one with a lot of clubs coming together for competition. And we were in this big indoor swim thing. And so I was sitting in the stands waiting for my event. And my mom said, Barry, Barry, look, down there. And about four, three or four rows in front of us, she says, I said, what? She says, you see that? Do you see who that is? No, that's Esther Williams. Esther Williams. I said, who's Esther Williams? <laughs> well, she's from my mom's generation, and those of you, may, some of you may know, she was a very famous movie star in the 40s and 50s that did these synchronized swimming and diving movies and musicals and stuff like that. I have no clue. But my mom was tuned into that because that was her generation, that's her culture, that's what she had fed on, we'll say. I'm going to use that word here. And so when it was present, when that presence was present, she recognized it. But I didn't. Didn't know who Esther Williams was. 
But a few years ago, I, my wife and I were passing through Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Maybe we were still living there. We were going to the airport, and I see this guy in orange pants, orange patent leather shoes, an orange Hawaiian shirt, and an orange ball cap. And I look, and I thought, that's Mike Love of the Beach Boys. <laughs> Instantly recognized, because I grew up in Southern California in the 60s. All right, so I'm familiar with the Beach Boys. I said, that's my glove of the Beach Boys. And my wife, no clue. You know, that's not. <laughs> and so we go through. He's right in front of me in security, and he goes through security, and I get up to the security guy, and I said, do you know who that was? He says, yeah, that's Jimmy Buffett. I said, that's not Jimmy. <laughs> it's not Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> so that's my glove. You are going to recognize what you have been feeding on or what you are sensitive to. Even when you are in the presence of Je the physical Jesus, they weren't really tuned into him because if they had been, they would have understood what was said from heaven. But they didn't, and they were right there. And that shocked me because I had to go back and think, what am I feeding on? What am I more in tune with? What piques my excitement, my interest, the easiest? I mean, if you brought in the 1968 Los Angeles Lakers through here, I could name every one of them and tell you how tall they were and what, how many points they scored. I knew the Lakers because I lived there, and I, that was part of my life. If you bring in the Minnesota Vikings right now, I wouldn't even have a clue, all right? And yeah. Okay, I'll do the jokes. Okay. <laughs> I was told this is a divided church. <laughs> I don't know if you sit on certain sides or not, but I'm going to move right along. I want to be careful here. Praise God. But the point is, we are going to be sensitive to that which feeds us. And what is feeding you? What is feeding me? What is it that I am sensitive to? What is it that I can't wait to go do? Am I conscious of his presence? We're in church right now. How many of you think maybe God is here? But are we conscious of his presence or are we just fulfilling an, an obligation or a cultural thing? This is what we do. And I'm not saying you don't like it. I'm just saying, are you in tune with it? What if God is speaking right now in your spirit and you think it's indigestion or something? How many, how often have we missed God? I went through a life and death situation a couple of years ago where I, and as I, I was told I had to get my affairs in order, I was going to die. And uh, I won't go into that whole story right now, but my big question was, how did I miss this? How did I get two days from death and not know all the things that were going on inside of me? There was a multitude of stuff. How did I miss this? I'm a Bible teacher, for crying out loud. I'm in the Word. I love the Word. I teach the Word. That doesn't mean a thing if I'm not sensitive to the voice of God. And somehow, I, I'm sure God must have been prodding me, warning me, telling me something's wrong, and I missed it. And I heard him once they told me I was going to die. Then he spoke to me, and I got it. He said, no, you, you will not die. You will live. But praise God, I could hear that. This, this, this is, 
a matter of life and death many times. What I'm talking about is, are we sensitive enough to hear God when he speaks? Does it even matter to us or are our hearts dull, our ears dull, our eyes speaking spiritually, spiritually closed eyes? Are we missing God, though he is near? He's near. Doesn't he live in you? That's pretty near. Are we missing him even though he's near? It says in Luke 5.15 that the people came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. They came to hear him. Now, many times in modern-day ministry, people don't come to hear. They come to talk. They want you to know everything that is wrong with them. They will tell you every doctor's report, every drug they're taking, every single thing. They want to talk. But that's not how you get healed. You get healed when you come to hear him. And everyone that came to hear him got healed. And this has just been so made so real to me is that when I'm in a meeting, what is it that I'm paying attention to? Am I thinking about lunch? I don't want to put things in your head right now and lose you here. But, uh, you know, it's tempting to think about lunch. It's tempting to think about whatever games are on today. It's tempting to think about all kinds of things. And we can be sitting here in church, and God could be wanting to share a life and death message with you, but you're thinking about something else. Because that something else may feed you more or interest you more than the Word of God. Does anybody still like me? Are we, all, are we doing okay? All right. If I'm not liked, I'll leave. Okay. No. Praise God. Many miss him because they are trying to perceive him with their minds and their logic. What, what interested the Pharisees about Jesus? First of all, they didn't recognize him as who he was. And their interest was only in theology and, and legalism. And they would question him. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And they would try to trap him because that's, they were on that level. It was an intellectual, mental level of trying to relate to this, this person that's doing miracles, that didn't seem to interest them. They got offended when he did miracles. Can you imagine? Well, yeah, he healed him, but it was on the Sabbath. And that's where they would go. They, did, they didn't get it that he was God in the flesh healing people. They were perceiving him intellectually, trying to understand him intellectually. How many people have we dealt with over the years that I've dealt with over the years? Their whole whole realm of activity in the in the in Christianity is intellectual debate I was one of those I would debate 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 I, I I'm a defender of the faith I will I will slice and dice with anybody I can debate you and then after I've gone through this healing journey that I went through I realized that's not healthy that's not the level I want to live on of debate mental discussion about things I want to know the spirit of God I want to be in tune with that. I want that to feed me. I have changed. I am, I am not who I was two years ago. There has been something take place. Don't say praise the Lord. That makes me sound like I was bad two years. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. But no, tr truly, I have changed in the last two years because I have understood what is important and what is not. And debating people over doctrinal stuff, that's just not important to me anymore. It's not that I don't still teach it. It is important within its sphere. But what's important to me as a person is hearing from God and having a, a fellowship with him that is deeper than anything I've ever had. I have enjoyed God more in the last two years than I've ever enjoyed him. Next month, I will have 50 years in the Lord. I just turned 70 in August. 
and I've been with the, walking with the Lord 50 years, and I feel like I'm getting born again every day. Every day is new. Every day is fresh. Every day is something that I never felt that way before, but now I realize the Spirit of God is just new every, every morning. His mercies are new every morning. If our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen? I'm experiencing that now. I wasn't in tune with that before. But getting close, walking through the valley of the shadow of death kind of changes your perception on some things, your perspective. And so now I want to be in tune with God. That is more important to me than who's right about this verse and who's wrong. I don't care. I, Bible trivia does not interest me. You know, who's, people write me all the time, who was so-and-so's grandfather's uncle's brother in the Bible or in this chapter? I don't know. Google it. I don't care. You know, it's just some things just aren't important. But when you're tuned into that, that's all you're going to hear. And you're not going to hear the Spirit of God when he tries to tell you, hey, you might want to go get checked out. You're dying or whatever, whatever the thing is. Don't go there. Don't go here. There's danger here. Uh, The Spirit of God is wanting to show us things. But if we're feeding on the things of the world, and that's what we are more interested in, then that's only the, that's the only thing we're going to be in tune with. That's what we're going to hear. And we're going to miss God. Amen. Some of us don't receive from God because we don't like the person he's using. Gotcha. <laughs> I told the students yesterday, and those that were there at Karis, that uh, when I was 24 and 25, I was omniscient. It'll take you a second, but you'll catch up. I knew all things. And I was an awesome judge and critic of all things. And every speaker, I went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas, and every speaker that came through, I was able to, within two or three minutes, judge them and turn them off, usually because they didn't fit my criteria for how I wanted God to minister to me. No, they can't, they can't dress that way. They can't be this old. They can't do this. They can't do that. They can't say this. So I'm turning them off. And because I was turning them off, I was missing the presence of God. Now I look back and realize who some of these fellows were. They were these healing revival people from the 50s and 60s that had huge miracle ministries. But when I sat there as a 24-year-old and looked at them on the stage, they were just an old guy. And I, I don't have time for that. Now I'm an old guy, you know. But it was amazing how I could criticize and judge and miss the power of God, and people sitting next to me would be getting healed, and I would be sitting there with my arms crossed. Well, why didn't God touch me? Because my heart had become hard, and I had become judgmental and critical of who God was using. Is this making sense? You shouldn't have an airplane. Who's he, who's he think he is? He has an airplane. I don't care if you drive, if you fly a B-52. I don't care. I don't care if you live in a house carved out of diamonds. I don't care. I have gotten past all of that. Some of you might need to get past some of that. Who cares? Are they anointed? And are you in tune with the anointing? Praise God. This is, this, this is a, if it's not for you, this is for me. Because I'm still growing in this, that I don't want to miss God. It could cost you your life. What's feeding you? What about the environment? Every church has a different kind of environment. 
And some people, well, I just don't like the way they, they have the flowers set up, and I don't like the lighting, and I don't like the music. It's too loud, it's too soft, it's too fast, it's too slow. I don't like this, I don't like the pastor, I don't like them. Well, go somewhere else. But uh, <laughs> but those some people sit in church, and the whole time they're just nitpicking every little thing. And if Jesus came and sat down in their lap, they would say, move, I can't see. They wouldn't recognize him in their lap. Because they're thinking, they're criticizing and judging and everything else is going on. And we're missing the presence of God because our hearts have become hard. We're not feeding on him. We're not feeding on the word. We're not expecting many times. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Many times I go to meetings that I, where I am not expecting anything. And you know what I get? Nothing except some more stuff to, to criticize. I've done this. I'm not doing this now, but I have done this, and I recognize it, and I recognize it because I realize if God can speak with an audible voice from heaven and the people don't hear it, though it was meant for them, there's a, there's a potential problem there for all of us. We need to recognize the voice of God. This is the only place faith comes from. This is the only place we can live a victorious life. When Jesus walked through the Pool of Bethesda, I've done a lot of study on the Pool of Bethesda, and I've come to the conclusion, you can disagree, it's okay, I don't debate anymore. Uh, <laughs> but it was, I think it was a Greek building, and it was, a, it was a Greek myth that an angel would come down and stir the waters. That doesn't appear in the Old Testament, and it's not something I can understand logically with Jesus being there on the scene and God sending angels to roll the dice and people can jump in. I don't see that anyway. So what I've concluded is it wasn't real. But the people were in tune with this. I'm going to call it a superstition for the purposes of what I'm saying here. The people were more in tune with the superstition, though Jesus was famous. None of these people were trying to find Jesus. And then he walks through their midst and nobody says, hey, that not that Jesus? Nobody has a clue that it's Jesus. He has to go introduce himself to one guy. The reason they all stayed there sick is because they were not in tune with the healer that was walking right in their midst. And I'm thinking, how many conferences and church meetings have we been to and where the power of God is there, the presence of God is there, and he, he's right there. If we want to put it this way, he's walking back and forth in the aisles, and we, we're not seeing it. We're not hearing it. We're not sensing it. We're not receiving from it, yet it's there for us. How many times have we gone to healing meetings and we leave just like we came? Because it, we, we're, we have filtered it down to it's got to, be, it's got to happen this way. It's got to be spectacular. There's got to be fireworks. It's got to be And maybe it's something else, but you're not sensitive to it, and so you're missing it. Not sensitive to the presence of God. Amen. It says in Proverbs 3.34, Proverbs 3.34 says, Surely he scorns, or excuse me, yes, surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Think of these occasions in, in the Gospels where blind Bartimaeus, for example, son of David, have mercy on me. There's a crowd around Jesus, but one guy who is a blind beggar who the people tell, shut up, creating a scene, 
But he calls out all the more, son of David. Where did son of David come from? Where did that come from? Something was spurred in his spirit that this is, this is the Messiah. That's the title for the Messiah. He didn't say, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. He said, son of David. And there's a crowd around Jesus, but it doesn't say anyone else is getting anything. But this blind guy, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Because he was sensitive to the, to the identity, the presence of God in Jesus. And we can think of other cases, the, the humility of the Syrophoenician woman, where she came up to Jesus and she talked about her daughter who's demon-possessed, and she pressed and pressed and pressed, and yes, even the dogs. He gives grace to the humble, but to those who recognize who he is. The centurion recognized who he was. I'm not worried that you should come under my house, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. There are those, though there be a throng, not everybody receives. There are those that are fans, and there are those that are getting fed. There's the multitude, and then there's the, the woman with the issue of blood that comes up behind him. The multitude, they, the disciples said, everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? Who touched me? Were they all getting healed? Because they were fans, but they weren't valuing his presence. They didn't comprehend his true presence. But she did, and she came up behind him and touched his, the hem of his garment, and she was healed. Nobody else was healed, but she was healed. Why do we see that in some of our healing meetings, that some get it and some don't? And I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying maybe we're not sensitive enough to the, the Spirit of God, the presence of God, the power of God that is there. We're looking for something else. It should happen this way. It needs to happen only when Andrew lays his hands on me. It only needs, can happen this way. It can only happen that way. And maybe it was right there trying to happen, but we weren't there to hear and be healed. Or we had some other criteria that had to be fulfilled. We were missing the presence of God. Is this making sense? It says in uh, James 4.10, Humble yourselves in the sight of God, or in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humility is a a good first step to being sensitive to the presence of God. We know too much. We, I, I think we do. We know too much. I did when I was 24. I knew it all. I have learned that I know less and less as the older I get. But the more that we humble ourselves and realize He is our source, He is, he is God, He is spirit, He is life, He lives in us, and He's wanting to bless us. But if our hearts are feeding on other things, how many, uh, don't raise your hands, and I'm not trying to put a trip on you at all. That's not my heart. But I want to open this up for you to consider for yourself. But how many of you are feeding on politics more than on the Lord? How many are feeding on sports more than the Lord? How many are feeding on Hollywood more than the Lord? How many are feeding on, I think, who is it? Uh, some singer just came out with a new album and the whole network of internet is blowing up over this new album. Who is this person? Why is this important? Why don't people explode over the good things of God? Why doesn't that fill the pages? And so Christians are feeding on all of these other peripheral things and then wonder why they don't get healed or wonder why they don't know what to do and they're confused and worse, I, I have no clue, what do you think I should do? And we're asking each other, and God's trying to get through there, but you think it's thunder. We're not hearing it. We're not hearing it. 
And this, this bothers me. I have changed my lifestyle since my healing journey, and now I spend at least two hours a day listening to teachings. Even on the weekends, on the, I'll get up early Saturday and Sunday and I'll listen to at least two hours of teaching from various people, but I just want to have impartation. I want to keep my spirit stirred. I want to stay alive to the things of God. Yeah, I watch an occasional game. Yeah, I watch. It's not that you can't do that, but that doesn't feed me anymore. That does not feed me. I, I can only be fed by the things of God. I notice if there's starting to be dehydration, we'll say. I notice that. And I have to go get back in the Word. I have so many Bibles. In fact, I just... I had my iPad, I have Bibles in my iPad, and I had it all marked up with all different categories of stuff you can highlight and all this, and I had it all done, and that, that iPad just filled up. It got so full. At the time I bought it, it had a good memory, but no, no longer. And uh, it filled up, and so I had to buy a new iPad, and everything is cool how they do it. Everything transfers from one to the other that you had, except my highlights. I lost all my highlights, so now I have to read the Bible again. <laughs> so, but I'm doing that, and I'm doing It's cool again to see, to just go through, and I, I highlight the goodness of God. I highlight all the healing scriptures. I highlight all the, I have different categories of stuff, and I just go through and highlight, 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 and read and meditate, and then I copy and paste into my notes that I am just in the Word constantly. And now you may say, well, Barry, you're a Bible teacher. You have to do that. This has nothing to do with my lessons. This is my life. What I teach in school is enhanced because I'm in the Word and, and with the Lord, but I could teach without that. It wouldn't be as alive, it wouldn't be as alive as I think it is now. But I do this for me. I do this for my marriage. I do this for my family. I do this for my kids and grandkids. I want to be alive with the Spirit of God. I don't want to miss anything that God has for me. Praise God. Is anybody getting something today? Amen. I want to tell a story. This, this is interesting that the Lord woke me up back uh, one Saturday morning in September. I was not expecting this. Just a few weeks ago, woke up on early on a Saturday morning and the Lord started speaking to me and says, Barry, do you remember Mireya? Okay, we lived in Chile for 12 years and we were in Concepcion. How am I doing here? We were in Concepcion in the south of Chile for the first three years and I was still learning Spanish, and I was breaking into the ministry in this particular church and as a missionary and what have you. And this lady, Mireya, was the crazy lady of, of the city, a city of about 400,000 people. And she was absolutely crazy, probably demon-possessed. And she was famous for taking her clothes off and jumping in the fountain. She would throw rocks at buses. I, once I was on a bus that, that uh, got hit with her rocks. And, uh, and she was just very, very well known in the city, and she was just as crazy as she could be. And she was filthy and dressed in bad, you know, and her hair was wild, and I mean, it's just a stereotypical wild woman. And uh, anyway, I would walk downtown and do, do errands in, the, in downtown, and in downtown in Latin America, there's people everywhere. It's just sidewalk malls and sidewalk this, and everybody's on the sidewalk, hundreds of people. And so she would see me, I don't know what first attracted me to her, uh, or attracted her to me. But she would see me because I'm tall, and I'm taller than most Chileans, and so I stand out a block or two away, she could see me. So she would run after me. 
And she would say, Hoven, Hoven, which means young man, young man, which I guess I was younger than, that's 30 years ago. And so she would run after me yelling and yelling and yelling, and finally I stop and turn around, and all the people around knew who she was and what she was capable of. And they would just, like the parting of the Red Sea, people would just, you know. And as they would, if they caught my eye coming my way, they would shake their finger at me and hold their nose and say, don't talk to her, you know, all this kind of stuff. And here's this little crazy woman in front of me. And so I would talk to her, and we would talk. And I don't know what all we talked about, but I would just try to comfort her. And it's a longer story. She eventually came to our church, and we, you know, tried to help her and all that. But that's not the point of this story. And so every time I would go downtown... She would see me from blocks away and chase me and run after me and want to talk to me. And I was just, you know, you hear Hoven, Hoven from a half a block away and hear her little feet. And then all the people split, you know, and they just go around it. And so one day I was downtown and I had a number of errands to run. And so I was walking and I hear it, Hoven, Hoven. I thought, oh, I don't have time for this. And so... I was walking down this really major avenue, a busy corner, and, and I could hear she was getting closer, and I thought, this is a bank. I'm going to go in. I don't have any money in this bank, but I went in, okay? And I could see her pressed up. She came up and pressed up against the window, her <laughs> face up against the window. And she, I could see this out of the corner of my eye. I didn't want her to know I saw her, but I saw her. So I thought, what am I going to do? So I, I, I got in line for the bank, <laughs> the bank to... <laughs> I don't have anything in this bank, but I thought, I've, I, I gotta get in line. I gotta look like I'm doing something here. So I'm going through the line and she's there in the, in the window. And, uh, oh, it was, I didn't, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And so finally, I noticed that she got distracted. And the minute she got distracted, I thought, okay, I came in this door, but I'm gonna go out that door. So I went out this door on the other street, but she saw me. <laughs> and she comes running around the corner and I'm walking. Yeah. Quickly, politely, quickly, and uh, and she said, "Hoven, Hoven, Hoven, Espera, Espera, wait, wait." And I, she catch, catches up to me, and so I turn around. Mireya, how are you? How's it going? She says, "I want to give you a gift." So what? So I want to give you a gift. I mean, she has nothing, but she has this bag, these grocery plastic kind of bags, that, and she opens it up and she pulls out a roll of toilet paper. I want you to have this. I thought, awesome. I get to do my errands with a roll of toilet paper <laughs> in my hand. But you never know. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so she gives me this. And so the Lord is, this is 31 years later that last September, God woke me up and said, do you remember Mireya? Do you remember the gift? Do you rem-? And I had forgotten all of this, but he, he took me through it. Event by event, just as I'm, I'm recounting it to you. And he said, do you know why she gave you a gift? No, I don't, Lord, why? Because she sensed the presence of God in you. I said, what? She sensed the presence of God in you. You were the only one that would ever pay her any attention. And she wanted to honor the presence and I thought, wow. And then he went on to tell me, do you remember the man with Legion? Yeah. He ran toward Jesus, not away from him. Because even though the man is oppressed with demons, or possessed, or whatever term you like, he recognized the presence of Jesus, 
and wanted to go, and he, it says he fell on in, in front of him and worshipped him. The presence of God is the most special, special thing that we have. And when I thought about this crazy woman that wanted to give me a gift of toilet paper, because she recognized the presence, and I didn't make that up, God spoke that to my heart, that she recognized the presence of God in me. And yet there are hundreds of people on the sidewalks doing their business, doing their thing. Nobody's recognizing the presence of God in me, except a crazy lady. And we see that same thing in churches. We see it in conferences. We see it everywhere we go, that we are feeding on other things, and we are missing the presence of God. And God is wanting to heal and wanting to, I mean, he's already healed. We know the theology of that, but he's wanting to, let me, let me explain presence here. There is the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. There is the inner presence of God. He lives in you if you're born again. Amen? There is the corporate presence of God where two or three are gathered together in his name. He is in the midst. He's here right now. Amen? And then there's the manifest presence of God. When the gifts begin to flow and things begin to happen. But if you don't recognize the corporate presence, usually you don't see the manifest presence. If everybody is here with an inner presence, not really valuing the corporate presence and thinking about lunch or thinking about something else, then we're going to miss the, the potential for the manifest presence of God because that's not what we've been feeding on. That's not what we've been looking for. This, this was a, 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 I don't want to, how do I say this? This was a, a profound word for me. I'll say it that way. Something so deep, so profound that, Barry, how often have you missed it because you were feeding on other things? Your attention was given to other things. You recognize those things, but you aren't recognizing me, though I'm trying to speak to you, though I'm trying to get things done in your life. My heart is for you, but you're not tuned in. And Jesus said this people's hearts are dull. Their ears are closed. Their eyes are blind. They've closed off, lest I should heal them. And I don't think it has to be limited to that. It could be in any number of topics, but he wants to speak to us. He wants to minister to us. But how in tune with him are we? And this, for me, was just, wow, this is so real. And I guess it's because of what I went through. I mean, I was in very, very bad shape. And I'm just, God, what happened here? What, how did this sneak up on me? How did I almost get killed by this cancer and all this other stuff going on? How did this happen? Obviously, I wasn't listening. You say, but Barry, you're a Bible teacher. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I was listening. Maybe I was listening to him on the level of my intellect trying to prove points. But was I hearing him for me? Was I fellowshipping with him? Was there a reality to my, to my relationship with God? And th this has just impacted me so much that I have changed my lifestyle uh, so that I can be more in tune with what gives me life. Amen. Let me give you a couple more things here. It says, honor the Lord, in Proverbs 3.10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Going back to the story of, the, of Mireya in, in Chile, uh, when you recognize the presence of God, 
honoring God from your increase is automatic. You want to. It's when you don't recognize the presence of God, you have to be coerced to give. You have to be squeezed to give. We, we teach each other to give. That's good. I'm all for it. I teach giving. But it's when you recognize the presence of God, no one has to tell you what to do. You want to give. You want to give because God is here. God is here. Let me do one more. It says in, how many of you have been to a prayer meeting where, or have seen a prayer meeting? I won't accuse you of being in one. <laughs> have seen a prayer meeting where people come out of the prayer meeting and they all look like they've been at a funeral. All right. What y'all been doing in there? Been praying. Yeah. It says in Psalms 16:11, "You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In His presence, when you're sensitive to His presence, when you're not just going through a routine of prayer or a routine of giving or a routine of anything else, but when you recognize and value His presence, there should be joy." The joy of the Lord should be our strength. This should be the reality of, of who we are as the body of Christ. We should be valuing his presence, in tune with his presence, recognizing his presence, and we, there should be such joy that we can't shut up. Amen. That's, that's, that's my heart for this, is that we, I mean, yeah, I know who the Beach Boys are. Big deal. Yeah, I know this and that and that. I have trivia stuck in my head from the 60s and 70s that I don't need. I, I look at that now and I think, why do I know this? It's scary. I'm wanting to know him. I'm wanting to know him. And I'm wanting to recognize his presence. I don't care who he's using. I don't care what the environment is. I don't care how the music was. I'm not going to judge anymore. I just want to receive from God. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. amen. I'm going to pray for you. If you would like to stand, we're just going to let the Spirit lead. But His presence is here right now. Amen. We all brought Him with us. And so there is a corporate presence. And there's a living word, whether it's something I said or something the Spirit said to you that I didn't say, it doesn't matter. Hopefully something I said has prompted you to consider this. But all of us perhaps have needs or things we would like to see, desires of the heart. The presence of God is here for that. And in his presence is joy. And joy is an expression of faith, one of the expressions of faith. And so we can, we can change gears and move into, and I'm not saying you haven't, but if you haven't, we can change gears and move into a different depth of life where certain things that were important aren't nearly as important. This is what's important. This is what you'll need when they tell you you're about to die. This is what you need when they tell you other terrible news or somebody's trying to take something. This is what you need. You need to know, value the presence and know the presence of God. Amen. Father, we love you. Praise God. We are so blessed. And Lord, for any of us here that have not valued your presence, for if we've been critical, if we've been judgmental, or if we've been just simply dull. Father, forgive us. I know you do. 
But Lord, we want to make a decision in our hearts that we are going to value you above all things. Value your word, value your spirit, value the presence of God, value our brothers and sisters, value our church. We are going to esteem highly the things of God and begin to put other things in their place so that when we, when you speak, we hear. When you show up, we're there. We recognize your presence. Oh, praise God. Father, you are here right now. You are, if we could say it this way, walking up and down the aisles. I know that you're everywhere at once, but needs are being met right now. Needs are being met right now. Healings are taking place right now. And I haven't even preached on healing, but it doesn't matter because you're here. You are the healer. And we receive, Father, your quickening in our mortal bodies. We receive healing. We receive wisdom. Some of us are confused about decisions. We receive the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ, right now. We value your presence, Father, in our marriages. We're not just going through the motions. We are expecting better, multiplied better marriages. Children, family, we are expecting the presence of God to change. If a crazy woman can recognize the presence of God, then hopefully all of our families and we can recognize the presence and the potential of that presence in our lives, in our families, in our homes. Oh, Father, we want to exalt you. I don't want this to be a somber thing. I want this, we want to just say, okay, maybe we've messed up, but we're going to enter in now into valuing your presence, recognizing your presence. We don't want to just think it thundered. We want to know what you're saying to us today. Amen. And I just pray that the, the, the word of God would come and would speak to hearts right now. The spirit of God is speaking to hearts right now. Breaking chains, breaking bondages, breaking afflictions, breaking addictions, breaking whatever is going on. And we are choosing today, and if you want to say this with me, we are choosing to value the presence of God. We're choosing to value the presence of God. To recognize you, Father, to, to worship you, to, to fellowship you, to walk and talk with you. Lord, that we wouldn't be victims, but that we would be overcomers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if we want to have you play a little. And uh, I understand there are prayer ministers here if you'd like to come. And if anyone wants to come up and, and just get ministered to or share what God is doing in your heart, please feel free to do so. And I'll be around for a few minutes if you'd like to talk with me. But uh, let's just take advantage of this atmosphere of God's presence and receive. God is here to bless us. Amen. He's always here to bless us. Praise God. Thank you all so much.